0: Oh, Queen of Heaven, rejoice. Hallelujah! Hey, as Catholics, we should be doing the Regina Chaley for the next, uh, up until the day of Pentecost. This is the Terry and Jesse Show. This is Full Contact Catholicism. This is part of the UFC Ultimate Faithful Catholic Training. We are your spiritual fitness trainers on the Latin Lover of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Latin Lover of Our Lady. And I'm
1: Terry Barber, the Lebanese Lover of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the Lebanese Lover of Our Lady, Jess, I I just can't. I still wake up every morning and pinch myself. And I go, hey, "Lord, thank you for giving me another day to serve." Cuz you know, Jess, we're coming around in our 60s and we you know, we're rounding third base, but I want to give right. man, I want to give more than what I've given in the past to Jesus through Mary, but because I know I only have a certain amount of days and weeks and months and years left, if years. So I just want to share it with our listeners and anybody who'll listen to me. Yes, today is a sad day in this sense because it looks like the Vatican is preparing a document for couples living in new unions after the marriage has failed. Mm. And this is just contrary to scripture and tradition. And, um, you know, we've got Bishop Strickland jo- joining in on this conversation with us because um, it's an important topic because we can't, as, as many people have said, even Cardinal Serra, you know, even the Pope, can't destroy or change Christ's teachings. No one can. And we'll talk about that. And also, Jess, I really like this uh, survey about uh, the new Catholic priest. Uh, What characterizes the new priest? Praying the rosary, Eucharistic adoration. You know, it's not, does he recycle? Does he, you know, is he for the environment? No, he is there because he realizes he's helping souls get to heaven. So it was very inspiring survey and i want to inspire the people at the end of the show with just that and um just just for the good to know file this is unbelievable i live in california as you know for our listeners southern cal but in san francisco 300 million dollars worth of office and tower um, office space is going up for sale why because in the last four years nobody's been in there because nobody wants to go into san francisco and the brokers are expecting it to sell twenty cents on the dollar, so it what was worth three hundred million dollars is worth now less than eighty percent of that three hundred million and this is the same city that's going to be giving checks out to people for whatever for homeless and they've they've really have been a this is the model state the model city for America and just see the mess they're getting in so I wanted them to know about that also Jesse netherlands expands euthanasia laws are you ready to include terminally ill children as young as one year old so you know they, they they really do see that life is not sacred life is just like hey if it's not working the way you want it stop it and that's not what we believe as catholic christians all right jess what about your need to know file what do you got brother
0: I just want to uh, encourage all the brothers and sisters in Christ this uh, weekend in Boston, Massachusetts. The Temple of Satan is Friday, Saturday, and Sunday starting tomorrow. They're going to start, they're going to have a weekend conference. They're saying it's the largest satanic conference in the world. Wow. Largest satanic conference in history. The theme of the conference called A Weekend of Blasphemy. I think uh I think as Catholics we have something to say about blasphemy violation of the first commandment. Amen. And so <clears throat> you have a lot of good Catholics out there that are organizing to do a pre- a peaceful, prayerful uh rally and prayers of reparation for the Satanists and also to uh uh, to make reparation, Terry, for the offenses uh, that yes. are going to be done against the Lord Jesus Christ and the Blessed Virgin Mary. Absolutely. And so that's what reparation, we want to repair. They, they're going to be repairing the damage through prayer and c- to console yes. the sacred heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. If you want to get involved, the lay leader out there is Kenneth Murphy. He's a good man. His uh, email is bostonreparation at Boston Bostonreparation at com. Boston reparation at gmail.com uh it's uh i'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that the satan has said that they uh sold out within one week of putting up uh, of of putting up the um uh the, the flyer and and the, the advertisement they sold in one week they've sold out
1: jesse if i can just jump in what you're saying about reparation our lady of fatima talked about reparation of the immaculate heart of mary at Fatima because of all the sacrileges that were going on. This is a sacrilege that's going on in Boston. So you're right with Our Lady, and she would want—I I guarantee you, Jesse, I know there's some people in the church that say, Stay
0: away from it, Jesse! Some bishops do, Terry.
1: Yeah, you know what? The,
0: the Blessed Mother says different.
1: That's what I want. Okay. Yeah. And
0: and so do the saints, by the way. Uh-huh. Uh, Saint uh, John Vianney says different. Yeah. Uh yeah. You also have uh, uh, the St. Louis, uh, the Montfort. Yeah. They they all say that you need to do public reparation in public Makes lay sense. Catholics. And I'll tell you, Vatican II, Terry, wrote more than any other council on the responsibility of lay people, which is very clear. We're called to go sanctify the streets, take Jesus and his gospel to the streets, sanctify the temporal order. So any Catholic going out there, they're within the rights according to Vatican II. And they're, they're, in, they're within their rights also, according to the U.S. Constitution as Americans. And here's a bit of good news. In all Tell this. me. There's these Bikers for Jesus. They heard about this, and <laughs> they're going to be out there in full the force. Yes, I heard about that. that was yeah, great. <clears throat> these, these Bikers for Jesus, are, they're called Catholic Crossbearers Motorcycle Ministry. In fact, w- w- the leader emailed me and said, Jesse, we heard uh, today on Station of the Cross Radio, 1060 a.m., <laughs> uh we were pleased to hear that you plug this peaceful prayerful protest in, oh, yeah. in, in Boston uh he said we plan on being there uh, uh, the members of the Catholic crossbearers motorcycle ministry uh, he says it's uh it's it's a, we belong to the Christ the King chapter in Massachusetts and we are going to be there uh in the peaceful prayer prayerful uh, rally with rosaries blessed salt and holy water and then they ended up saying The church militant will be there in force. God bless you and Terry for what you do. Awesome. So uh, yeah, Terry. So people are 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 this this brings the body of Christ together when we when we have to confront evil. And the Bible says we have to confront evil. It's not just something that you know. The the Saint Paul says it in Ephesians chapter five verse eleven. He says uh, he says uh, expose the darkness. So this is a divine mandate, Terry.
1: Well said, and Jesse. Just for another good to know file because it fits right in how mixed up we are about lay role. And 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 also the clerical role. Pope Francis is allowing lay men and women to vote in the Senate on synodality. At 25 percent of the voting power is for lay people. This is the bishops' conference. It's 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 false advertising. It's not the bishops' conference anymore. See, and this and the thing about it is, I if you listen to Bishop Strickland's show next Tuesday, folks, you're going to hear him say, "There's a charism that I get as a bishop. It's nothing to do with me." It's what happens when you're ordained and what's happening is we're mixing up lay people and the clergy and we all have to stay in our lane. I get that, Jesse.
0: Yeah, Terry. And uh, the uh, the church teaches that, that uh, every single Catholic that we're under yeah. the word of God, we're yes. not over the word I of God. Well said. We're not alongside the word of God. We are under the word of God. The word of God is our marching orders, and like God is unchangeable, He's immutable, yeah. and God, the Holy Spirit, is the primary author of sacred Scripture. That means that what He has He has inspired, what He has breathed in the seventy-three books, that's also unchangeable and immutable. Yep.
1: Well said, Jess. Hey, hey brother. Share some soul hey, food. But you know what Jesse, we're going to go over a little bit on this okay. uh, on the gospel because I really do think the Acts of the Apostles says this is a classic uh reading regarding scripture and who interprets scripture so can
0: can we do it brother yeah yeah take your time acts chapters 8 and following the angel the lord spoke to philip get up and head south on the road that goes down from jerusalem to gaza the desert route Mm -hmm. so he got up and set out now there was an ethiopian eunuch a court official of the of the candace that is the queen of the ethiopians in charge of her entire treasury so this person was rich <clears throat> who had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home. Seated in his chariot, he was reading the prophet Isaiah. The spirit said to Philip, go and, join, go and join up with that chariot. Philip ran up and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and said, do you understand what you are reading? He replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? So he invited Philip to get in and sit with him. This was the scripture passage that he was reading. So notice th- there. We the Bible doesn't teach sola scriptura. Nope. The Bible does teach, obviously, that that uh, the the Word of God has some primacy uh, because it's the written form of God's Word, but it needs an interpreter. That's why the Church has has been given to us as the pillar and foundation of truth. The Bible says, "Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth in his humiliation. Justice was denied him. Who who will tell of his posterity?" For his life is taken from the earth. So that's a prophecy of Jesus Christ the Messiah by Isaiah the prophet. Then the eunuch said to Philip in his reply. I beg you. About whom is the prophet saying this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning with the scriptures passage. He proclaimed Jesus to him. So notice. How do we get taught? Through the apostles. The apostles have the charism of teaching, governing, and sanctifying, and that goes through the bishops, and that extends to the priests as well, through the bishop. Amen. And it says, says, look there, Uh, as they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, there's, there's water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? Then he ordered the chariot to stop, and Philip and the eunuch both went down into the water, and he baptized him. When they came out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more. But continued on his way rejoicing. Philip came to Azotas and went about preaching the good news to all the towns until he reached Caesarea, the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Jesse, Notice before,
1: yeah, but wait a minute. I, did, yeah. I want you to give the catechesis on the other side of the break because this is really good Catholic teachings about what we believe about the Bible. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse show. We're going to have two bishops on after Jesse does some catechesis Bishop Sheen and Bishop yeah. Joseph Strickland on the topic we're dealing with. So stay with us, family. Uh, We're here to be inspired because before we expire, we want to inspire you to love Jesus Christ more and more in the Blessed Sacrament. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back after a quick break. All right, Jesse, we're back. And you've been given uh, a reading of the Acts of the Apostles with the eunuch. Thing, "Hey, I can't figure out what's the Bible. What's this? How do I interpret it? And what's our response?" The church is there to interpret it. Go ahead,
0: Jess. Absolutely. That's why uh, you see also in the verse. It's in Second Peter chapter one. It mm-hmm. says, uh, "No prophecy of Scripture is subject to self-interpretation right. or to private interpretation. Right. Uh, it, it's it, the Bible is the book that was written for the liturgy of the Catholic Church." It's it, it was written, its normal place to be written is in the, is in the liturgy, just like the, the Jewish Hebrew scriptures, the normal place to read that was in the synagogue, in the liturgy. And so here you see a successor of the apostle that has the authority of Christ is now giving the interpretation of what this eunuch, this rich person who was a Gentile, just read because the eunuch didn't understand. Just like, that's why we have 40,000 denominations, Terry, because everybody reads it like this eunuch and they come up to their own conclusion Instead of going to the Church of the Apostles, which is the One Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church, and say, okay, how has the Church defined this verse in the last 2,000 years according to the councils, the saints, and the doctors of the Church? So we have an advantage, Terry. Yep. For example, as Catholics, you can get a verse-by-verse uh, commentary from the fathers of the Church. It was put up by St. Saint, Saint Thomas of Aquinas. It's called the uh, Aura Catena. It's on the Internet. Yep. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. St. Thomas Aquinas goes verse-by-verse. <laughs> through all the four Gospels, and then he gives a, every single verse, he'll quote like five or six church fathers on that verse, then he'll give his own commentary. So that's the advantage that we have, is we have the interpretation from the apostolic church. The last thing I will say is this, if you notice the Ethiopian eunuch, after he was being catechized and evangelized by Philip, by Philip the Apostle, mm-hmm. uh, he didn't say, oh, Philip, should I just, should I just do the sinner's prayer now? <laughs> That, that that prayer that that yeah. Calvary Chapel hands out or victory outreach no the the eunuch heard the gospel from an apostle and what does the eunuch say i got to be baptized so he he didn't say oh i got to do the sinner's prayer don't get me wrong we as catholics have been doing the sinner's prayer since since the very beginning of time it's called the act of contrition okay yep, yep. that's our sinner's prayer so don't get me i'm not i'm not deriding, uh, you know, saying that we're sinners and praying to God for forgiveness. But the eunuch, after listening to Philip, knew that what he needed was baptism. He needed to be incorporated into the body of Christ. He needed sanctifying grace. He needed the removal of original sin. He needed to become a child of God. And and once you, when you do that, obviously it requires repentance if you're an adult. So that's part and parcel of baptism. You're going to repent if you're an adult, if you're a baby. Uh, it's going to be vicariously done through the parents, just like in the Old Testament. Uh, the faith was transmitted in the temple uh, by mom and the, the Jewish mother and father uh, during circumcision. It was the very parents' vicarious faith in God that was a, that was applied and made efficacious for the child.
1: Well said, Jesse. We've got two bishops coming in. Let's get the smartest guy in the room, Archbishop Sheen in right now. Full Sheen ahead. It's talking about paganism and what we have in our culture right now. He said, the Christian is always bound to have a great advantage over the indifferent modern pagan, simply because, Sheen says, he knows where he's going, where the modern pagan knows nothing. The pagan must always be pessimistic, for he must always feel that his life is too short to give a man a chance. And the Christian will always be the optimist, for he knows that this life is long enough to give a man a chance for eternity. What a great statement. (laughs) Long enough, yes, long enough to show that I love God and I'm going to serve him, I'm going to keep his commandments. Bishop Sheen says, that is why the Christian can be joyful. That is why the pagan is sad and depressed. Jesse, we live in a culture right now where so many people are medicated to a point where, I, I won't say where, I just got word yesterday, a lot of our homeless people out in Dwardy, because of the rains, they had to come up. And they're just doing drugs and asking people to feed them. And this person says, well, why can't we take these people? Stop stop feeding them. Let's get them into some recovery places where they can't just be on their own doing drugs and, and getting money from us in a way that uh, it's not supporting. Them. It sounded like what Pop, Tr- Donald Trump said about a week ago on the Internet, that taking money from... Uh, the money that we're spending on the war in Ukraine and start helping the homeless and clean them up and not just teach them to know that they're going to be dependent upon the state. No, let's give them real help rather than leaving them on the street to do drugs and alcohol. So I thought that made total sense to me.
0: Terry, I read an article two years ago that says that eighty percent of the homeless people are drug addicts of eight course, out of ten
1: of course, and we're you feeding know. their drug addict addiction yeah helping and and, them.
0: and, and the, yeah, the government is they give free needles <laughs> yep. and you know you get get your medical marijuana card and right. and and, and uh, the fact is we're we're promoting this uh through government legislation and we also see uh uh the open borders, Terry, the cartels are just. Dumping you know truckloads of dr- narcotics over in, in the into the u.s. Of course there and we have a lot of willing consumers out here And so these open borders are have made the the cartels Filthy rich they're billionaires not millionaires or billionaires as a result of the drug trade and as a re- result of the human sex sex trafficking and, Which happens because of open borders
1: exactly because a couple of years ago That was shut down. Now in California, 500 drug overdoses that people die a day on fentanyl are happening in California. All right, let's bring another bishop into the picture. Bishop Joseph Strickland talking about the Vatican preparing a document for couples living in new unions after their marriage has failed. Let's hear what the good bishop has to say about that.
2: Well, I completely agree with Cardinal Sarah that— And I I like the way he puts it, Mm -hmm. because it really is putting pastoral, so-called, in opposition to doctrine. Yeah. The greatest pastoral care is the truth. Amen. Just like we've talked about so many times, the greatest charity is the truth. Yes. There's nothing pastoral about changing teachings to make it easier for people. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, I mean, it it just— It's devastating for people's lives, and it's devastating for the church. And this document, if it comes out as that article, I read the same article. Mm -hmm. If it comes, if it is published the way that article describes it, it needs to be opposed. Yes, I don't care who it's coming from. It's not the truth, and if the Vatican is misled, bishops and and faithful Catholics who know the truth yeah. need to stand up and say, no, we've got to be strong. We've got to be clear. We've got to have true charity, which is always rooted in the truth. There's nothing pastoral about telling people, oh, well, that first marriage, eh, it doesn't matter. And, you know, you can go ahead and go to communion. You didn't bother to to go through the. Uh, process seeking nullity. I mean, a lot of people misunderstand that process anyway. Right. But to simply just push it all aside and say, oh, you don't have to worry about it. You were in one marriage, you can get in another. You can be in multiple marriages. You can be in a gay marriage. I mean, all that document, I mean, what that article talks about is all those things. Yeah. And it's simply not the truth. And to keep pushing it is just destructive to the church and ultimately to human society because it's not just the church saying this it's the truth from god
1: that's our favorite bishop of america bishop joseph strickland and america's bishop america's bishop and you know jesse people can hear him if you're listening on radio he's on once a week on tuesday here at vmpr.org and get the app to listen to Bishop Strickland, because he gives it his straight. And you know, what he was referring to is Cardinal Seurat's statement saying, no one, not even the Pope, can destroy or change Christ's teachings. No one, not even the Pope, can set pastoral ministry in opposition to doctrine. That would be a re- to rebel against who? Jesus Christ and his teaching. I say that's exactly what is happening, Jesse. We're rebelling against Jesus Christ's teaching on marriage. And the Holy See, the Holy Father, those bishops who are pushing this need to repent and believe in the gospel.
0: <laughs> oh, I said it. You know why? Tell, tell me how you really feel, there yes. <laughs> Well,
1: you know why, Jess? <laughs> I care for them. I want to see them get to heaven. These Bishop Strickland later in that show that we'll play on Tuesday talked about the responsibility that he has even more than I do. As a layman. And he also said this, Jesse. He said, I made promises as a bishop. And one of the promises that they asked me are you going to resolve to maintain the deposit of faith entire and incorrupt as handed down by the apostles and professed by the church everywhere and at all times? That's the question I'm asking the Pope, the bishops. If not, step down. And Strickland is saying, I did.
0: Let somebody else do the job.
1: Exactly. And, And Jesse, the biggest point I'm trying to convey is out of love for truth. It's the truth that sets us free. So what's happening now, it looks, it appears, the Vatican is preparing this document for couples living in new unions after a marriage fails. This is going to be devastating to what the church teaches on the indissolubility of marriage. It's contrary to what it teaches.
0: Yep, you got it, Terry. Here's what the article says. I, I, when when I read it, all I can say is, is this microphone off? <laughs> exactly. Kind of a mic drop moment when I read the article. Yeah. Can you believe this? Yeah. Vatican preparing document for couples living in new unions after marriage failure. Mm-hmm. Mm. Cardinal Kevin Farrell, a notable promoter of Pope Francis' 2016 apostolic exhortation, Amoris Letitia, which yeah. means the joy of love revealed that his dicastery was preparing a document in line with the Pope's wishes on people who live in new unions after marriage. Why can't failure. they just call it a divorce? Come on. Yeah. We... And, and that's called adultery, by the way, adultery. That's called, yeah. yeah, it's called adultery, but that, that's, that's not mentioned in the yeah. document. Well, they're afraid to use biblical language. A Vatican dicastery is preparing a text on the divorced and remarried in line with the wishes of Pope Francis. Mm, what about the wishes of the word of God? Uh, it says, "Who has called for people in such circumstances to receive Holy Communion, contrary to Catholic teaching?" Cardinal Kevin Farrell, he by the way, who lived uh, six years with uh, Cardinal McCarrick. Yeah, birds of the feather
1: flocking together. Go ahead.
0: Prefect of the Dicastery for Laity, Family, and Life made the revelation during the Dicastery's plenary assembly last week. In a briefing, in a brief greeting to Pope Francis on April twenty second, the seventy five year old cardinal referenced the challenges. The dicastery had been studying during its plenary assembly. These included the challenges of those experiencing marriages of all kinds, resulting in the consequent short-circuiting of the transmission of the faith, he said. Uh, Cardinal Farrell continued, he said, Today, the need for a specific ministeriality... Notice all these verbal Oh yeah, they're,
1: they're genetic engineering. Yeah.
0: The, the need for a specific ministeriality... An authentic closeness and witness on the part of married couples in the service of, fam- of families for the pastoral care of those experiencing crisis and problems of all kinds is more urgent than ever. Can I rephrase in that? Of family it's, ministry. Not, it's not what the
1: service there? of families. It's the service of your passions.
0: There you go. (laughs) I nailed it. That's it. Of of your disordered Disordered
1: passions. passions. Thank you, Jess.
0: With such a focus, Cardinal Farrell praises the Synod and Synodality, claiming we're already seeing the fruits that can arise from this reflection, which is situated at the heart of the Synodal journey involving the church on all continents.
1: Hey, I want to know what fruits he's having about divorce. Where's the fruit of divorce? Talk to the kids that have to break up with their family, with mom and dad breaking up. I want to know what fruits he's talking about. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse show. It's a typical topic we're talking about, but we want to talk about the perennial teachings of the church on marriage, and we're going to stick to them in spite of those in leadership positions that aren't. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Richard, our engineer, just gave me a good thing to chuckle about. He said, "In heaven or in hell, there will be no voting, mm. no senates, no no. What what do I want to vote for? No, it's going to be uh, revealed truth coming out. Either your eternal soul will go to hell for all eternity, or you will be in heaven for all eternity. Voting is finished at your exit interview."
0: All right, Jess. Continue. I like that, and uh, it's something Pope, Frank, uh, Pope John Paul II said. He says there is no. Uh, he says <laughs> you cannot take a vote. You cannot take a democratic vote on the truth. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, with 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 this focus on the, uh, on, uh, on 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 uh, this, bringing married couples that are living out in adultery. Yeah, and they're now in a second union. Yeah. Cardinal Farrell praised the Synod and Synodality, claiming we're already seeing the fruits that can arise from this reflection, (laughs) which is situated at the heart of the Synodal journey involving the church on all continents. On this front, said Cardinal Farrell, the dicastery is working on the preparation of a text specifically regarding, as you wished, holiness, men and women who have marriage failure behind them live in new unions okay we call that in the bible adultery
1: yeah and again remember what as we read this the holy father is asking for this as cardinal robert sarah said no one not even the pope can destroy or change christ's teachings no one not even the pope can set pastoral ministry in opposition to doctrine and that's what they're doing right now
0: Yeah, nobody can do that in fact here's the vatican here's the vatican two says about the magisterium in the bible Okay. Yeah. Paragraph 85 of the catechism is called the magisterium of the church. It says this. It says, um, yes, paragraph 86. Yes, this magisterium is not, not superior to the word of God, but is its servant. Exactly. You nailed it. it teaches only what has been handed on to it. Paragraph 86 of the Catechism, let me read it again. Somebody should fax this to the, to, to the Roman Curia yeah. and to Cardinal Farrell. Here's what it says, paragraph 86, CCC. Yes, yet, excuse me, yet, this magisterium is not superior to the Word of God, but is its servant yeah. It teaches only what has been handed on to it. There's the fundamental mistake with this document right. that Cardinal Farrell and Pope Francis want to pass. Yep. It goes against magisterial teaching from the Bible. And that's why we reject it, Jess. No other reason.
1: It's yeah. not because of the way he No, parts nothing his hair. personal. No. Nothing personal.
0: Yeah. No, it's a fact. Card- yeah. Cardinal Farrell's praise for the Synod gives some clues as to the contents of the Dicastery's document. The latest document to emerge from the Synod and Synodality calls for further inclusion for the neglected and excluded. Among those who feel a tension between belonging to the church and the experience of their own af- affective relationships, yeah. <laughs> the, the document lists these four things. Number one, remarried divorcees. Number two, single parents. Number three, people in polygamous marriages. I'm Number great. four, LGBTQ people. And etc. This is the first time that any magisterium has ever used that term in the I writings, know. Terry.
1: I know, Jesse. This is sick. It's yeah. wrong. And yeah. we have to just call it out of charity. Yeah. Nothing more. I, am I angry inside? I'm, yeah, I'm disappointed, Jess, that, that our leaders in our church have failed us. It's like
0: coming home, Terry, after See a dad. hard day at school and seeing your old man, your dad right. drunk. Exactly. Sitting on the chair, babbling and watching pornography. You're saying, Dad, are you Knock kidding off. me? Dad, are you're scandalizing me. Th- th- that's the way we feel right now. I agree, Jesse. It hits me right
1: in my stomach. And for me to have to call for the Holy Father, I could tell you because you called me a bunch of times yesterday. I could tell how I could tell how triggered you were. Yeah, Gary. I was triggered because you know why, Jesse. I know that the you love law the church, says, yeah, that. and that's if souls are saved, everything is saved. If souls aren't saved, nothing is saved. I can see this affecting. Yes, I told you the other day. I get many men calling me about their marriage problems. Okay, women too. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought about, hey, the Holy Father pushes this through; he's going to encourage men to leave their wives when problems come yes. arise. And I'm telling you, that's a big, huge problem because you can see the effect of what divorce does in our culture. We have—I I
0: know supposedly good Catholics that just make, take the easier. I say, ah, oh, my wife, I'm done with her. I'm just, yeah. oh, but I'm a good Catholic, Jess. yeah. And, like, and this <laughs> is going to uh, facilitate wow. you
1: to confirm you in that false teaching.
0: Yeah, the do- The document states, all are in need of a more welcoming church. Yeah. So all, all of our need of his salvations. Go ahead. Sorry,
1: Jeff. <laughs> I'm sorry to upset me.
0: Yeah. It mm-hmm. added that many of the pre- preceding localized synodal documents had written of, quote, the pain yeah. of not being able to access a sacrament. Go to confession, dude. Experienced by remarried divorcees and those who have entered into Polygamous marriages. There is no unanimity on how to deal with these situations. Yes, there is. The the Bible Bible teaches it. (laughs) Real clear, buddy. Well, Terry, this is uh what Fulton Sheen talked about. He said uh he said that uh we're going to be witnessing the church versus an anti-church.
1: He
0: did say that, yep. Cardinal uh, Voitilva also said the same thing. We're seeing the the deep state anti-church rearing its head right now, the, Terry. This is not the teachings of the Catholic Church no. started by Christ through Peter. No, this is a this is a, a facsimile. It's
1: modernism, okay? Let's just call it what it is. It's vo-
0: majority vote. Yes, uh, it, it's and yet Cardinal Farrell has not given any further details about the contents or release date of the document. Yeah which his dicastery is preparing. Again, I remind you, he lived for six years for Cardinal McCarrick.
1: Can you imagine putting him in charge? Com- draw your
0: own conclusions.
1: Put a, put a wolf in charge of the chicken coop.
0: Yeah. And so Pope Francis basically, Terry, he's, he's opening the door to communion for a young He re- is. But well, that's what Amoris Laetitia and, did and, back in 16. Yeah, yeah, back with the landmark exhortation, Amoris Laetitia yeah. means the joy of love. Yeah. And so this is just an extension that's of right. that. Yeah. It's, so uh, the subject of the divorce and remarried has been a prominent feature of Pope Francis' pontificate, mm-hmm. especially in light of the now infamous footnote 351 in chapter 8 of Amoris Letitia, where Pope Francis, his apostolic exhortation following the closure of the Synod on the family, in the brief lines of the footnote, <clears throat> Pope Francis opened the door to allow the divorced and remarried access to receive Holy Communion. The chapter presents the case for a deeper integration of those in, in in irregular unions into the life of the church. In the footnote, Pope Francis stated that this integration can, in certain cases, Slippery slope involve admittance to the sacraments, including the Eucharist.
1: Yeah, see, this is where the problem is.
0: It reads, in certain cases, this can include the help of the sacraments. I would also point out that the Eucharist is not a prize for the perfect. Nobody ever said it was, by the no, way. No, that's not true. But a powerful medicine and nourishment for the weak. Who repent. Yeah, they, yes, there you go. The weak who are calling upon God, Psalm 130. Yep. Causing instant consternation amongst Catholics, clerical and lay, the text was subsequently defended by Francis during an in-flight interview. This is sad. Go ahead. Francis was asked if, if, if L'Amouris Letiziae, contains a change in discipline that governs access to the sacraments for Catholics who are divorced and remarried. Pope Francis replied, I can say yes, period. Adding, however, that this would be too small of an answer, the Pope then urged, reading the presentation of modernist Cardinal Christoph Schoenborn, I, I added modernist. You did? Yeah. Uh, he, he, you know, he called uh, Schoenborn, who's heterodox, by the way, he called, Pope Francis called Schoenborn, quote, a great theologian who knows the doctrine of the church, close quote. Pope Francis said, in that presentation of Schoenborn, your question will have the answer. So Cardinal Schaumborn's presentation included the controversial footnote, expanding on the Pope's words in writing that, he says what Schoenborn wrote, quote, in the sense of this via caritatis, this way of love. In Amoris in, uh, Laetitia, paragraph 306, the Pope affirms, in a humble and simple manner, in a note, paragraph, and, and a footnote three fifty one, that the help of the sacraments may also be given in certain cases. Close quote. Well, guess what, Terry? Uh, Teaching error is not human. Never
1: permitted.
0: Yeah, I don't th- care about situation yeah. ethics. Th- this is this is verbal engineering. Yeah, this is psyopsing the lady. That's right. Yes. Which is which is brainwashing the lady, repeating an error over and over again, where psychologically the lady conforms to the error. That's called psyops in the military. And and Jesse,
1: remember that we had four cardinals with the dubia asking the Holy Father, after he put that out on Amoris Letitia to respond to the clarifications of Catholic doctrine, and he never responded to them.
0: Terry, as the young people say, the Pope gave the four cardinals the hand. Talk to the hand. That's what young people say. Millennials. I've heard that. Talk yeah. to my hand. Talk to my hand. In other words. Get out know, of huh? here. Yeah, get out. Exactly. Uh, so uh, Pope Francis later told bishops in Buenos Aires, Argentina, that there was no other interpretation of Amoris Letitia than to allow the divorce and remarried to receive Holy Communion.
1: He's wrong. Simple. Wow. that's it I mean I'm sorry the Holy Father is, this is wrong microphone, and out man? of charity yeah. we need to call him out because Jesse he made a promise Yeah, his promise was to teach and govern and sanctify on the perennial teachings of the church not his personal opinion
0: uh, I'll, I'll get biblical here Okay, our Lord in Mark chapter 8 verse 15 yeah. Jesus told the uh, he, it says this and he was giving orders to them this is our Lord saying watch out beware of the leaven of the Pharisees wow. and the leaven of Herod what does Ooh. that mean in biblical language? Jesus is warning the apostles that just like leaven permeates and expands bread, so the Pharisees, which were the magisterium in the Old Testament, the Pharisees and their teaching exert a corruptive influence on the lay people. Galatians 5, nine, St. Paul says, A little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. What does that mean? Scott Hahn says, This is symbolic of a hidden of a hidden but evil influence that will corrupt the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 5, 5-7. to St. Paul says, Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough? Clean out the old leaven so that you may have a new lump, just as you are in fact unleavened, for Christ our Passover has been sacrificed. So what does that mean? So yeast is a proverbial symbol of evil, and it has a corruptive influence. Just like this incestuous man in in, the, in Corinth, St. Paul says this guy's got to be removed because his sins are going to affect other people. They're going to have a damaging impact on the whole batch of, of of believers.
1: And Jess, I want one more comment from Pope John Paul II's familiar consortial. The end of this article yeah, makes we'll it continue. really we'll clear. Continue. We got you, Jess. Okay, you to, yeah. stay with us, family. Yes, this sir. is not easy to talk about no. here, but you know what? The truth is what sets us Great free. People. Here, stay with us, family. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Jesse, we uh, usually pray for the Pope and the bishops and priests on Thursday nights, but we're having a special Mass tonight at 7 p.m. and then a Bible study on Ephesians. So anybody in Southern California would like to come for these next couple of Thursdays, but... I'm still offering my mass tonight for the Holy Father and the bishops because it, it really hurts me to have to even talk like I had about the Holy Father and the bishops who have compromised the perennial teachings of the church. Let's finish up the article, Jess.
0: Terry, I know you uh, for a long time. You spend your whole life uh, defending oh, yeah. Holy Mother Church and defending the teachings of the church. So I know how much pain that you're that you're in because yesterday when we were talking several times, uh, I've I, I seen you. Uh, I seen you, there was a melancholy spirit about you where you, I could see you felt, I felt like you got punched in the gut. Yeah, I feel like it. Yeah, yeah. So we continue with the article. Within months, a group of Catholic scholars issued a letter to all cardinals and patriarchs warning that a Am- Morse Laetitia contained dangers to the faith.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: By the way, I, I was one of the, I don't know, 8,000 8, people that signed it. Me too. It. Yeah. Cardinal Farrell, promotion of papal confusion Cardinal Farrell himself raised by Francis to lead the dicastery for the laity, family, and life in 2016 has been a consistent defender and promoter of Amoris Laetitia. Yeah. While still new in his post, Cardinal Farrell stated his desire to implement marriage and family programs based on the document. Weeks prior, Farrell had championed Amoris Laetitia as remaining, this is what Farrell said about it, faithful to the doctrine and to the teaching of the church. Wrong. Quote, I just want to remind you about who Farrell is. Farrell lived with with McCarrick for 6 years and when he was asked about it, you know, remember, you yep. know what McCarrick said, yep. I mean, it's uh, on uh, YouTube. said Yeah, it's on Farrell he goes he goes I, I I never heard of this. You know, I ne- I didn't know about this. And so it's funny even Bill Donahue says all of us knew About McCarrick. Yes. Uh, You know, he goes, even I did. He goes uh, over the back in the Catholic League in New York. I knew about McCarrick. Yeah. So um, the Pope's new family chief, Cardinal Farrell, said that, again, Amoris Laetitia is from the Holy Spirit. It opens door to communion for remarried. Wow. (laughs) He said, I firmly believe Amoris Laetitia is the teaching of the church, said Farrell. This is a pastoral document telling us how we should proceed. I believe we should take it as it is. Cardinal Farrell, by the way, he was uh, was a former legionnaire of Christ. I don't know if he still is. I
1: didn't know that, Jess.
0: Yeah, he was an LC. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's embarrassing for the LC. Yeah. He added that he wasn't necessarily saying the divorce and remarried should de facto receive communion. Like every time. Saying instead, quote, that's the process of discernment and of conscience and a journey, close quote. In point. other words, if you leave it to the malformed conscience of the lay Catholic, they're yeah, going to say, every time. hey, there's nothing wrong with me going to communion. her,' just a I, piece I, of bread. Hey, I don't care if I'm leaving with my girlfriend. That's what they're going to say. Yep. So uh, the priest, the pastor, needs to accompany people in difficult situations, uh, Cardinal Farrell said. Yeah, that's obvious. We all know that. In contrast, though, if you want to read Pope John Paul II's... II, yeah, Terry, what it, did he it, say? No,
1: well, basically, he says this about that there's a Catholic Church longstanding teaching that divorced and remarried whose previous unions with church has not been declared null may not receive Holy Communion. Here's what he wrote. This is really, he, 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 Holy Father, please listen to your predecessor. He says, the church reaffirms her practice, which is based upon my personal opinion. No, upon sacred scripture and not admitting to the Eucharistic communion, divorced persons who have been remarried. They are unable to be admitted thereto from the fact that their state and condition of life, here it comes, objectively contradict the union of love between Christ and the church, which is signified and affected by the Eucharist. Please, thank you. He says, besides this, this is a key one, Jess, there's another special pastoral reason. If these people were admitted to the Eucharist as Pope Francis wants, The Eucharist, the faithful, would be led into error and confusion regarding church teaching about the indissolubility of marriage. That's why I said, please step down if you can't teach what the Catholic Church has always taught, whether it's the Pope or the bishops or cardinals. You made a promise at the altar, like I made a promise when I got married to my wife. Jess Romero made a promise when he got married. If you can't keep the promise, please step down and do us a favor. Let's get someone in there that will... Be faithful to the scriptures and to the perennial teachings of the church.
0: I'm done, Jess. Terry, Pope Francis and Cardinal Farrell are breaking with 2,000 years yeah. of scripture Hurts and tradition me to say that. by promoting this yep. modernism, theological error, yep. and material heresy. Yep. This reminds me of what Sister Lucy said back oh, in yeah. 1970, several years after Vatican II. She said this, quote, A diabolical disorientation is invading the world and misleading souls, close quote. Yeah, That also applies not just to lay people, like we saw in the movie Nefarious, That's also applies to our clergy, Terry.
1: Exactly, of course.
0: Because, and what we're doing right now is simply exercising paragraph 907 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Here's what it says. For some people that say, you can't be saying that. I can already hear people, the naysayers. I know it. The catechism says, and I know because I get all all the naysayers naysayers emails. (laughs) Yeah. It says, in accord with the knowledge, competence, and preeminence which they possess, lay people, that's us, Terry, myself, and you, have the right and even at times a duty to manifest to the sacred pastors their opinion on matters which pertain to the good of the church. Yep. And lay people have a right to make their opinion known to the other Christian faithful with due regard to the integrity of faith and morals and reverence towards their pastors and with consideration for the common good and the dignity of persons. The reason we're, we're talking about this is because this is scandalous. Yes, it is. This goes against the moral teachings of the Catholic Church and it's dangerous, Terry, to the minds and souls of the simple lay folk who who are not well-formed in their faith, who are not deeply catechized. They're going to say, oh, the Vatican is now you know, allowing this, that, and the other. They're not going to be able to parse in their mind that this is a mortal sin, that this has never been allowed in 2,000 years of church history. All I can say, Terry, is that uh, uh, the infiltration is front and center. It's alive and well in the church, and we're seeing modernism in the highest places, uh, what Archbishop Vigano calls the deep state. The deep state in the church has penetrated at the highest levels. and uh, he, But here's what they'll say when you talk to them. They'll say, hey, we're just following the spirit of Vatican II. And what
1: did Bishop Sheen tell us, Jesse? We're implementing his advice from the mid-70s, early 70s, when he said, who's going to save the church? He said, not the Pope, not the bishops, not the sisters. He said, you lay people. And how to do it? Call your priests, your bishops, your Holy Father, everybody in the church, in the hierarchical church, to live their vocation properly, to make them holy priests, holy bishops, holy popes. And how do we do that? Well, what we do is we call them out for the perennial teachings of the church. Do you think we like doing this? No, I don't like doing it. But you know what? Souls are at stake, Jesse. If the truth isn't professed, people are going to fall into error. And you know, Jesse, that whole statement I keep saying, never worry about who will be offended if I speak the truth. You think the Vatican's going to be happy to hear me say this? I don't care because you know why I'm going to worry about who will be misled, deceived and destroyed if we don't speak the truth. So if they don't like what we've said today, that's on them.
0: Yeah, Terry, servant of God, Father John Harden. He said, I can honestly tell you the future of the church in our country depends heavily he said that on the zeal yeah. of lay Catholics it's, like yourself. I In San Diego at a homeschooling
1: conference, he said oh. that to me, Jesse. It's in my oh. book, How to Share Your Faith. I'll never forget mm-hmm. him saying that. It reminded me of Fulton Sheen.
0: Wow. Yeah. Terry, the The, the church is very clear. Paragraph 85 and 86 of the Catechism says, yes. the task of giving an authentic here, authentic interpretation of the Word of God has been entrusted to the living teaching office of the church alone. Yep. <clears throat> this means that the task of interpretation has been entrusted to the bishops in communion with the successor of Peter, the bishop of Rome. Yep. Now, this is called a magisterium. The bishops in union with the, with the pope. Well, what does the catechism say about the magisterium? It says this, The magisterium is not superior to the word of God, Thank you. but is its servant so here's what i'm saying yes if 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 leaving your spouse and 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 uh moving in with somebody else and 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 ge- engaging in fornication with somebody else we call that adultery yeah. uh and it's always been called adultery up until yesterday now we're calling it uh pastoral irregular like, unions irregular unions it's always been called adultery or fornication yeah that's a biblical w- language yeah that's biblical and let's let's get biblical here, and so as Catholics. The, the magisterium has to faithfully teach what's been taught for 2,000 years. Right. They can't come up with novelties nope. or innovations. Nope. It, they have to hand on what's been entrusted to them f- from, from their bishop all the way down to one of the 12 apostles, all the way down to the son of God. And what's happening right now with Pope Francis and Cardinal Farrell, there's a break, Terry, That's right. in that tradition of handing down faithfully what the church has always taught about the sanctity of marriage and divorce and adultery and annulments.
1: And I might add, Jesse, just like the problems that are going on in Boston, reparation needs to be made for our leaders in our church. Yeah, reparations for misleading the faithful. That's why every Thursday we pray for the Pope, the bishops, the priests, because they have a huge responsibility, just as you know. They're the generals. What are we? We're foot soldiers. Yes. And so here's the bottom line. Are we going to pray for Holy for Pope Francis? Are we going to pray for Pharaoh, for all these bishops who have compromised the gospel? Yeah, not just the perennial teachings of the church. This is core teachings of the gospel on marriage. Read that section in the catechism. It's very clear. No divorce. Okay. It's the indissolubility of marriage. When you're married, if you have a valid marriage. Now, I know when you talk about annulments, that's a process that says they were never married at one time. You never could, could confect the marriage. But when you're married, there's no excuse to walk away and go get another girl nope. or get another man. The church has been very clear on that. And so when we hear things like this, we want to be like a trumpet blast that says, no, 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 don't take that. That's not part of the teachings of the church. And who are we, Jesse? We're foot soldiers yelling and screaming because you know why? We have a love for souls.
0: Yep. Yeah, well, we're doing what the catechism says in paragraph 907. So we are the watchmen on the walls of the new Jerusalem. I just want to said one thing. Yeah. Good, good news item as I wrap it up here. Yeah. The typical new United States priest yeah, is, yeah. is 33 years old. And so of the 458 men that are slated to be ordained this year in the United States of the priesthood, the average age is 33 years old. Awesome. Guess what? They pray the rosary every day. Guess what? They're into adoration? Eucharistic adoration. Yeah. I'm telling you, the cavalry's coming. Yeah, it's coming. The priests that are going to replace the pharaohs and the Pope Francis, this is the new breed. These are holy men.
1: Amen. Good news on that. Folks, don't forget, Our Lady of Fatima said souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices I'm going to pray. How about you? I don't care if you're four years old or 104. We can participate in the salvific work of Jesus Christ through every action being offered to Jesus Christ through his blessed mother. May God richly bless you. And you can hear all these shows over and pass them on to your friends. That's how we grow our ministry. Thanks for listening. God love you and your family.